Welcome to the Vulnerable Room. Hey, everybody, and welcome on back to the Vulnerable Room podcast. Today, I have a very special guest by the name of Denise Delerm. Denise Delerm is a young breast cancer survivor and founder of Slay Cancer. Slay Cancer is a relentless crusade to demolish the misconceptions that shroud breast cancer in darkness. While undergoing treatment, Denise understood the importance of self-advocacy, especially for young people. Slay Cancer ignites conversations, inspires awareness, and champions proactive breast health care through the power of boldness, faith, and fashion fierceness. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I introduce to you my soror, Denise Delerm. So thank you again, Denise, my soror, for doing <laughs> this interview. I really appreciate you. You're welcome, my dear. Anything for you. All the way from Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> Living in Atlanta, not from. Well, true. From New no. York. Yes. I rep Brooklyn, yes. but I live in Atlanta now. <laughs> <laughs> So my first question to you, uh-huh. why did you start Slay Cancer? Oh, good one. Um, I started Slay Cancer. It was really organic. It was really organic. Um, I started it towards the beginning of my cancer treatment. And it was really started in a time where um, I was just learning about breast cancer and being a part of the breast mm-hmm. cancer community. Um, and I just basically put together my my new passions. Well, my old passion, which is fashion, um, and just being glamorous and just you know, being your best self on the inside and out and my new found love for um, advocacy and breast cancer awareness. So I just put that together and Slay Cancer was, was built. Okay. And do you remember the day being told you were diagnosed with breast cancer and what feelings were you experiencing in that very moment? Um, I absolutely remember that day. To the T. It was January 6th, 2015. It was six days before my 33rd birthday. Hmm. Um, and I actually went with uh, a sorority sister of ours, um, a chapter store of mine. She came with me because my mom at the time was out of the country. Um, so she came with me and it was like, it was one of those moments that was surreal. It was, I, we were both sitting there and she's also a nurse. So hmm. um, besides being, you know, us having a special relationship, she was also, she's also a nurse. So I wanted to have someone there who was a professional who could understand the things the doctor was telling me. Um, and when the doctor told me that I was, I had stage two B breast cancer, it was a, such a crazy, surreal experience. It was one of those moments where it was like, I, I felt like I floated out of my body and was just like, it was like, wah, wah, wah. after he said you had, I had cancer, it was like, wah, wah, wah. it was just like a crazy, surreal moment. Um, and after I came out of it, you know, I remember him telling me, um, my, my, my soror wrote everything down and, you know, so I could have all the information later. And I remember the mm-hmm. doctor telling me that they would give me a call later on in the week to, you know, set up what my first appointments would be. Um, and I remember going to my car and just boohoo crying, boohoo crying because, um, that's words no 32 year old woman wants to hear. Right. So, the initial fear and shock, um, you know, 
I'm sure we'll get into this, you know, to the, I don't want to interrupt your plans, but I'm sure we'll get into the story of how it even came to pass and how I found my, the, the lump in my breast. But, um, it was, it was a, a crazy experience. It, it was really surreal. And again, like, I'm sorry, like you experienced that, like as a black woman at that, um, just hearing the word cancer is just like, no it's one is scary it's scary yeah and at, and at that time um this was seven years ago so at that time there wasn't as much um out there in regards to young black women getting breast cancer mm-hmm. so for me it was like i was by myself navigating this road that no one ever navigated before and clearly that's not the case but back then it wasn't really put out there as much as it is now Right. Um, and, and my mom is a breast cancer survivor. So at the time, you know, I had my mom as a um, source of strength and to know that you can go through this, go through this and get through it um, and come out of the side stronger and, and more resilient than ever before. Um, but again, 32 years old, you know, and, and starting basically just getting into my career and, and starting things out, it was it was not anything no one anyone wants to hear no not only imagine and shout out to your mom for like oh, yeah. being your source you know of strength and light and experiencing that herself and seeing you know her daughter going through that i can only imagine how like oh my gosh dude. yeah i'm just thinking about that right now thinking about what it was for my mom Hmm. You know, having for her, her having to see her daughter go through that. Um, I can imagine that was like, you know. Yeah, you're her baby. <laughs> yeah, her baby. And, you know, I'm sure she felt guilty. I'm sure she felt like scared. But my mom is also a very strong Caribbean woman. So, I mean, I don't think I ever saw her. I think I saw her maybe shed a tear three times in my whole 40 years of living. Um, And when she was going through her time, and I think she really is what, um, started or planted the idea of slate cancer in my head because she was diagnosed in 2005 right. and when she was going through her treatment I saw what it did to her um, she's also been a woman who's very much into fashion and dressing up and hair and nails and you know getting fancy and making sure she looks good at all times and seeing her go through that in my mind at that time I said I wanted to help her and help other women who are going through um, that time so I think Slay Cancer was born. I had the idea in my head a few years earlier, but it wasn't really put into play until my diagnosis. And how was, like, the cancer initially detected? Um, my cancer, it was accidental, really. Um, and I have a story about just being an advocate for yourself. I um, asked to have a mammogram, I think, at, at 31 years, about a year and a half before my diagnosis mm-hmm. and the doc, my doctor, my primary care doctor at the time told me, even though my mom is a cancer survivor, mind you, um, that I didn't have to get one because I was too young. So I didn't need to worry about that. Okay. And me being naive and trusting the doctor and not understanding how important self-advocacy is, was at the time. I was like, okay, fine. Sure. I'll wait. And about a year and a half later, I was just in the shower, just showering. And I felt a lump that was not normally there. Um, and I think at that initial moment I knew, but you know, I kind of wanted to like not give it any energy. I kind of didn't want to think about it thinking that maybe I was, you know, being a little bit extra. 
Um, and in about two weeks, I noticed that the lump had grown. Um, and then it was like, okay, something, something's going on here. Right. Um, and that's when I moved forward with, um, telling my mom about what's going on. And, you know, we basically went full speed ahead at that time. And they say like, that's the time when you're supposed to check your breasts. Like when you're in the shower. Yeah. When you're in the shower. Well, now again, now that I'm clearly more informed than I was seven years ago, um, women, we should be checking our breasts, you know, all the time. You know, if we can once a month, especially, um, we should definitely know our bodies. I, like I said, I felt a lump that wasn't always there, but some women have lumpy breasts. Some women have dense breasts. And you know, if you've been living your whole life with a lump that's been there, you won't be as concerned and worried, you know, because you know, that's always there. You know, your body. Yeah. Um, um, and that's why I'm also a, a, a advocate for women getting mammograms before the age of 40. Um, and, you know, nationally, they tell people, you know, it's known 40s is the year you're supposed to be getting a mammogram. But I, you know, know women who've been diagnosed in their 20s, you know, um, who've been who've gone through this. So it's, it's really important just to know your body um, and to fight for what you want. And I know this question is a bit off topic. Um mm-hmm. But do you think that some people shy away from the mammograms because it's painful? Um, possibly. I think so. I think so. But, you know, I would you rather like a few minutes of pain or years of, you know what True. I mean? A few, a, a few minutes of discomfort as opposed to years of mental, physical anguish. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. let's, let's, you know, figure out what's our best option. But I do think it does keep women away because they hear it's painful. Um, for me, why I, at the time when I asked for the mammogram before then I kind of had the feeling like my breasts were always small. So I don't need a mammogram. Like how could I get cancer <laughs> in small boobies? You know what I mean? You know, so I was ignorant. I didn't know clearly. Um, so yeah. For me, like I, I know we're supposed to be checking our breasts and I, I appreciate you like putting it out there for us, you know, as black women, especially women, period. Like uh-huh. you should be, checking our breasts all the time i mean yeah. it's ours so we should be checking them absolutely but there's like maybe once in a blue i would check them in the shower but i know now having this conversation with you i need mm-hmm. to do a better job you know what you, you could do d you can even set a monthly alarm like i know mm-hmm. my birthday is on the 12th so i know every 12th of the month the alarm's going off and i'm in the shower i know i'm checking you know what i mean like you can do it like that where it becomes a routine and a habit as opposed to something you're not used to, you know? Um, I know a lot of women whose partners have found their breasts, you know, from, you know, getting a little action in and the partner's like, hold up, this lump was there that wasn't there before, you know? Um, so that's happened. That's I've heard of that circumstance happening. So it's just really important to know your body and not be afraid. I feel like it's 2023, you know what I mean? Right. It's not the 1950s. We're not even in the 1900s anymore, you know? Like, there's so much... <laughs> there's so much medicine and technology out there that can help us um and you know the sooner you catch the cancer the better right so it's important to just know your body um what was your biggest self-discovery or revelation after you were diagnosed my biggest self-discovery i would say just my strength um, and the courage that I had and, um, just like 
that resilience that came about from this test. Yeah, and just knowing how, just realizing how strong I, I am. That's that's the biggest self-discovery that I, that. And also, too, that I also have, um, I feel like God, you know, they say there's no testimony without a test. Right. I feel like um, one of the things I learned about myself was that I have influence, you know, and people actually listen to things I have to say. And I think because, um, you know, I'm in a sorority and like, you know, I'm pretty cool and, and down to earth and, you know, I'll tell anybody on the street about my story. So I think it's just me being open and, and being courageous and being able to tell my stories, what I've, what I've learned from this entire experience. You were very open. Like, yeah, right. Very open with um, certain clips you would put on social media, mm-hmm. and I just remember there was one clip. I think you were um, cutting your hair. Mm-hmm. I just always remember you for having beautiful locks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when yep. I saw you cutting your hair, I'm like, "This is real." Yeah, I know. I'm getting teary eyed. I'm getting teary eyed right now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Um, no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. First of all, I'm a crier. Like I cry like this. So that ain't, it ain't nothing. Yeah, exactly. So it ain't nothing new. But um wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. Like, well, I know when I was just mentioning okay. about like, you know, sharing clips. Oh, okay, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, that really came about because um at that point in time, there were a, 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 I had a close-knit people that knew about my diagnosis Hmm. um and I think I may have been on the first or second treatment and around the second to third treatments when your hair typically starts falling off and I remember like I came out the shower one day and one of my locks was on the ground and it was kind of like and I feel like that's when I was like oh can I curse on here yeah, you're fine. <laughs> oh, I okay, you know, oh shit just got real. Like it okay, it just got real, you know? So I didn't want the the chemo to take the power away from me. So mm-hmm. um a friend of mine and I collaborated and came up with a cut it party where I would have my friends and family come out, um, at a barber, you know, and do things that's natural and normal for me, which is being with friends and family, dancing, having a good time. That's just me normally. So I wanted to make an experience where I was taking back the power from chemo. Um, cutting my hair. I had a few friends that shaved their hair with me just to show mm-hmm. solidarity and support. So it was like a really, really great experience. Um, that was such a great moment. That was that that was proof like your village was there Absolutely. with you every step of the way. Absolutely, yep. And it was a very beautiful moment. And yeah, that that was always something that like you know, especially when coming about um, inviting you on to the podcast, like that was one image that really replayed over and over in my head. Really? Because that's a different level of strength. Like us as women are like, our crown is like our here. Absolutely. So for you to like, you know, you had that moment and it was just in front of your loved ones. That was, that takes a lot of strength. Wow. Just for people just, you know, going to the hair salon and just mm-hmm. having to have, you know, to cut off the hair, like that's just that's very very difficult. Yeah, it was a big it was a big deal. You know, it was mm-hmm. a big deal. I love I love my hair, but then I think, 
you know, the whole experience showed me like it's just hair. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's literally just hair. Still Grow beautiful. Back, cut it. You could do all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can see I got locks again. Yep. You know, they may be full, <laughs> but they're still locks. Okay. <laughs> well, you rocked, you rocked the baldy, and when your hair yes. started growing, like you was just, you're just beautiful I, altogether. So, I like, think that's the whole slate cancer mantra. It was kind of like at that point, it was like, okay, I have a baldy, I'm gonna rock it. People are gonna act, look at me in the street and be like, you know, people are asking me questions, and I was just like a, a opening for me to answer and for me to just like raise awareness, you know, like raise awareness about this this disease that's killing young black women or that's mm-hmm. affecting young black women i should say and what was the difficult part of your journey and how did you overcome it the most difficult part of my journey is literally what i'm going through right now which is post cancer treatment so when you're going through cancer treatment you know like you said, I had a, a huge support system, a huge village, a huge community, um, and not only friends and family, but also my doctors and nurses, you know, like they're on, they, like they baby you, you know, like you always have your, your, your team of nurses and doctors who are helping you every step of the way. You know, I had actual drugs going, in, going inside of me to kill the cancer, you know, at the moment. So I feel like I was, su- I felt super protected at the time. Um, and not realizing to me, <laughs> it's like, it's after, you know what I mean? Like, this is when it really counts. Your post-cancer life, you know, and dealing with your new body and, and the emotional toll and the mental strain it has on you and psychological. And then, you know, there's so many other issues that come from chemotherapy. If it's not, you know, infertility issues, if it's not relationship mm-hmm. things, you know? So it's it's a lot of things that come with post-cancer treatment um, and just basically fair reoccurrence and, you know, having a headache and thinking, oh, shoot, it's cancer, you know, or stubbing my toe and thinking, oh, shoot, it's cancer, you know, having that, that cloud, you know, on you every day is very, very difficult. So that's why I won't even say the cancer treatment. And that had its own share of problems, of course, you know, but for me, it's living um, with the side effects of cancer treatment. And although I'm grateful and thankful and happy, I would never take away, right. you know, where I am health-wise. You know, I'm so thankful to God. But it's it's not easy. I didn't know, and this may sound like maybe I'm oblivious, but I didn't know post, like, there was post-cancer treatment. Yes. I thought it was just, like, once you beat it, You're done. Yeah. that's it. So, um, post-cancer treatment, it could vary from, you know, every person's case is different. Okay. Um, so some people have to go on me personally, I had to take medication for five years, oral meds for five years, post-cancer treatment. So it's not just some, it's not like, you know, again, for person, you know, for me, once chemo was done and radiation was done, I went, I had treatment, post-cancer treatment. I'm no longer on it. Um, but there are things I do to keep up with, you know, my body in regards to like acupuncture and just changing my entire lifestyle, eating habits, and things of that, things of that sort. Okay. Like, well, I'm pretty sure there's other people you educated right now because I really didn't know that. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of light, is, it doesn't get shined on, like, the aftermath. Yeah, so yeah. imagine, like, I know 
a lot of my cancer thrivers and my cancer sisters and brothers, that's one of our biggest complaints is that, you know, people are like, oh, you're good now. Get back to right. you know, life, go back to work, go back to school, go back to do whatever. And it's not, it's, it's not easy. It's just not easy. Um, you know, you're mourning your past life. You're mourning your past body. Mm. You know, it's, it's not easy. It's not. So what was it? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was it like dealing with um, chemotherapy, especially on your first day like of treatment? Uh, first day of treatment. Um, of clearly nerve wracking and scared because you just don't know what to expect. Um, and before chemo, my actual chemotherapy, I had gotten, I had a procedure, um, where they put a metaport, um, inside of me, which is, it's like a dime sized, um, a dime sized thing that they use to, um, put the chemotherapy like intravenously into okay. my vein. So they wouldn't, they won't have to actually use a vein. They'll use the, the, the port. Um, so I did the port first. Um, and what happens is it's a, it's a whole process. They drain, it's, it's a whole process. Um, but again, it was, it was scary because it's something I've never done before. And in the beginning, the chemotherapy, again, like I told you towards the second or third treatment for me, I started losing my hair. Um, uh, and physically it just made me super tired. Um, it's like a feeling you've never, it's like a tiredness you've never felt before. It's hard to explain to people who haven't gone through chemo. Um, it just makes you very lethargic, you know, a lot of neuropathy, which is tingling sensation in your fingers and your toes, which I still have to this day sometimes. Um, headaches and and clearly losing hair all over your body. Um, metallic taste in your mouth. Black fingernails. It's a, it's a, I can go. It's a, it's a it's a lot. You know, joint pain, back pain. It, it's a lot. But people people go through it. You know, people people do it, and children do it. That's why. I can never complain about my experience because when I see little kids that are going through cancer treatment, I'm like, you know, right. that's a real superhero. So, yeah. I, I didn't know about the the metal taste in your mouth. Me yeah, yes. You have like a metal taste in your mouth. There's a lot of weird things. Um, mm. My tongue, your tongue gets black. It's, it's, it's a lot of weirdness. Yeah. I remember my tongue and my fingernails got really, really dark. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of side effects, but you know, I mean, I, I got, you know, dark fingernails and, and a dark tongue, but I'm cancer free right now. So God is Amen. good regardless. You know what I mean? And we touched on this a little bit too. Um, did you have like a support network? Oh, absolutely. 100%. You know, like I said, my mom was my uh, that's the person I saw. She was the original cancer slayer. So she was there. <laughs> Both my parents were there with me from beginning to the end. So this day, um, friends and family, sorors, um, my Greek family, work family. I had such an amazing support system and still do to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a different organizations that I've worked with. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't complain. You know, I've heard a lot of horror stories of people whose husbands leave them and all kinds of craziness. And um, for me, my relationship thrived during my cancer treatment. That's my, beautiful. My relationship with my husband, well, boy, the boyfriend at the time thrived. So luckily I've been, I've been blessed in that department. And that's your husband now. He done that's seen you through now. the good, bad, and the ugly. Okay. 
What has been really. the most significant change you see in yourself now that you're cancer free? Um, significant change in myself now that I'm cancer free. I think my belief that I can basically do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I have this phrase like, I slayed cancer. What's your superpower? Because at this point, like, no one could really tell me anything. You know what I mean? Like, I've been through the ringer and back. Like, you just, nothing you can tell me that I can't do, um, that I should be afraid of. You know, I, I, I slayed cancer. So. Period. Period. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and what advice would you give on, like, you know, to someone to be the best support? Let me reword that. Uh -huh. What advice would you give on how to um, best support a loved one going through breast cancer? Okay. You mean like a, like a caregiver or people? Yes. Who okay. Perfect. Um, I think that caregivers or friends or family who want to support uh, someone going through cancer treatment, I think that one, you should do research. You know, you should do research. Google is our friend. Let's not say things like, I mean, I've had myself and several other my cancer slayer friends say that people have said things like, oh, well, you have the good cancer. Or, you know, or like, oh, well, you got a free boob job. What? You know, or like, you know, well, at least, you know, stay positive. And, you know, those things are so, it's like toxic positivity. I Like I said, do your research first and, and, and look at things to say and not to say to cancer patients. Um, and just be patient with them. Be patient. Try to be as understanding as possible. Try not to treat them like a... a porcelain doll try to be okay. as well as possible but also give them the space to be themselves if, if it's venting if it's crying if it's just talking about chemotherapy that day give them the space to be themselves and whatever emotion they're feeling at the time and i feel like i'm still stuck on the the free boob job like that's yeah. so insensitive so crazy people are like well at least you got a boob job because they you know people Look at me, right? Especially when I was mm -hmm. going through treatment and I just, I rocked it. Like I had the slick cancer gear and my baldy or, you know, so people just assume that every, you know, that I was just like, you know, gung ho and just, you know, positive patty all the time. So, you know, they would say things like, well, you know, you're good. You got the boo job. You know what I mean? And it's just like, no, trust me. I would have, I would have liked my nice, small cancer free boobs and would have been fine with that, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. And people say things. And, you know, not maliciously, people say things because they truly want to be there for you. They just, right. you know, in their minds, I don't, I don't know what happens between <laughs> them thinking about it and it coming out their mouth. But just, you know, just do your research. Okay. That's fair. That's fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that went over yeah, my head. Trust me. And this is, <laughs> this, so is, this is only what's on the top of my mind right now, but there's been plenty of circumstances where I had to be like, like, should I feel a way about that? You know? Yeah. So. Like you're in your, you're in your most vulnerable time in your life. So it's like, I understand that someone is trying to maybe like make light of yeah, the situation, I, I guess. So. I think so. Cause like I said, I don't, these were all friends and family. This is not like some, my worst enemy, you know, these are people who actually care for me. So I know they weren't being malicious, but it's kind of like, you know. Yeah. It's not anything anybody would want to hear. I understand. 
And my last question to you, what message would you like to provide women in the community in regards to breast cancer? Um, Really, in the community, me and I'm speaking to women who have breast cancer, who are caregivers, who are supporters, anyone who has breasts, okay? So literally, that's men and women, right? Okay. I would say, because men do get breast cancer as well. Let's not sleep. Um. Men do get breast cancer, yes. I would say what I would tell people is to know your body and to be your uh, your own advocate. Okay. You know, know your body. Don't let anyone tell you you're too young, old, you know, whatever limitations they're trying to put on you. You, you know how you feel, and you should never let anybody else tell you that it's wrong or um, especially a medical provider who's supposed to be helping you. Um, just be proactive about your breast health. I never, you mainly hear women and breast cancer going hand in hand. I never knew men could get breast cancer. Yes, men can get, men can get breast cancer. Absolutely. I think for women, the, the chances are one in eight. Okay. Um, which is, which is insane because I definitely know more than eight women. And um, one of the better things that came out of this whole situation for me is the fact that because I made my story so um, out there and I put it out there that I'll, women, friends of friends of friends have reached out to me asking for support or encouragement, you know, um, help if I had any ideas of what they could be doing, what they should be taking, what they shouldn't be doing. Um, I think that's one of the better things that have come out of this whole situation. The fact that I'm able to be a source of strength and support for people. Um, yeah. So thank God for just blessing me, period. But thank you so much, Denise. I really appreciate you for coming on here. Oh, Dean. Giving everybody your your story in regards to breast cancer first-handedly um, and being just like a survivor, a fly one at that. I mean, I mean, no, I'm how crazy. But I really appreciate you. Is there anything else like you would like to say before we wrap it up? Um, just for, again, everyone to be proactive about their breast health, not, let's not just make it about October and not about just wearing pink. Let's be real about having open conversations about our health. Um, and just, just raising awareness. Got you. And this is a breast cancer awareness month. And I definitely, I was like, I have to get you on here to raise more than awareness just raising the fact that this is just like a very like detrimental disease yeah that's just like wiping out i was about to say women but men and women yes exactly. um, especially within our community it's very common Absolutely. and now i'm gonna be checking my breasts all the time <laughs> Yes, please. Like, I mean, you better tell tell your friends, your your girlfriends. Like, I I mean, I tell people that all the time: check your breasts, check your breasts. You know, um, just make it a part of normal conversation because yes, cancer has become so it's a part of our our everyday lives at this point. You know, it's it's more common than the common cold, which is sad and scary. Um, but we need to just keep talking and keep raising awareness and just being, um, on top of our health. Absolutely. Well, Denise, thank you so much again. I love you. Thank you, love, Darnie. Love, I love, love you too, you. Boo. And I'm so proud of you, by the way. Thank you. You know I'm working with Lorna. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, thank you again for tapping into episode four of season two. I know this episode hit home for most of us. I know it has for me. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I could not let this month pass by without acknowledging Denise. Denise, thank you again so, so, so much for stopping by and sharing your story, dropping some gems, and your level of transparency and vulnerability. Also, I would like to acknowledge the men and women who have been affected by this disease. One in eight women in the United States will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. In 2023, an estimated 297,790 women and 2,800 men will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. Chances are you know at least one person who has been personally affected by breast cancer. Please stay on top of your health and be your own advocate. For those who would like to stay in touch with Denise or connect with her and support her brand, Slay Cancer, you can reach her at Slaying Cancer on Instagram or slayingcancer.com. Thank you. Love you all and be safe. Bye.